Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to this Monday night edition of the Old Dominion Libertarian Radio Network. It's uh, February 20th. Not one of our normal nights, but I've been uh, sick uh, with pneumonia for the last few weeks and not up to par. And uh, several other of our hosts have not been well. So tonight we have Jeffrey Sanford and Jeff Kleb. Andy Craig's going to join us momentarily. And uh, how are you guys doing tonight? Mm. Doing good, Joe. Hungry, but good. <laughs> yes. Hungry for some good, I'm, uh, I'm hungry myself. Talk radio, I hope. Mm. Say that again? I said hungry for some good libertarian talk radio, I hope. There you go. <laughs> yes. Yes, I'm we hungry. are. <clears throat> well, uh, tonight's guest is... Uh, Nicholas Wieser with Liberty Link Media Group. He's also involved with the Libertarian Party of Pennsylvania, and we're going to get to him shortly. But there has been so much going on 
uh, with uh, different things in the media, the liberty movement, uh, that we need to get to that stuff first. And one of the first things I want to talk about, and I wish Andy was here because he has some excellent insight on this, uh, Donald Trump, as we all know, issued an executive order, uh, and uh, as a lot of people have said, he called it a Muslim ban. So if that's what he called it, that's what it is. Now he's trying to say it wasn't. But, you know, you you can't make the claim that that's what something is and then turn around and say, oh, no, that's not what it is. But nonetheless, even if you, you can argue over that all day and all night, uh, Rand Paul came along shortly thereafter and said, oh, that ban doesn't go far enough. We need to put more countries on that list. And if I'm not mistaken, he had like 30-some countries he wanted on the ban. And libertarians just went nuts. And one of the libertarians that, that got upset about it was um, Jeremy McClellan, who is the libertarian movement's resident comedian, and he's made fun of everybody from Gary Johnson to Ron Paul. And at the International Students for Liberty Conference this past weekend, he made a comment when he came out on stage. He said, it's too bad that Rand Paul couldn't be here with us. And I think the the line he used was um, ideologically and in person. And I mean, the Rand Paul fans just went nuts. And it's not just about banning people from other countries. It's the fact that he voted for Jeff Sessions. You know, it's just a long line of things where Rand Paul has decided that the Republican Party is far more important than anything else. And, I mean, he has said as recently as two or three months ago, when asked if if he would run for president in 2020, he said, I'm not going to challenge Donald Trump under any circumstances because because all that does is give a Democrat the opportunity to win the presidency. And I'm sitting there thinking, uh, we just had a Democrat win the presidency. What are you talking about? Um, (laughs) 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 So um, there's, there's a lot going on. I mean, Donald Trump's on Twitter every day making a fool of himself. Um, You know, uh, the only good thing so far to come out of a Donald Trump presidency is the Saturday Night Live sketches that they do with Melissa McCarthy, with, um, oh, I don't know why I can't remember his name. Uh, Jeff, help me out. The guy that does Donald Trump. Oh, Alec Baldwin. Alec Baldwin, yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, I like the those are pretty. Better. You, you, you say what? I said I like the lady that does Spicer better. She's hilarious. I mean, uh, That's oh Melissa yeah, Melissa. Yeah, Melissa McCarthy. She does Sean Spicer. Uh, so I mean, yeah, it's um, it's it's that's the best part. And the other night they had. Um, uh, the the woman, um, and my mind is is going blank. I've been sick, and I haven't been thinking about all this stuff. But um, the woman that that generally does Hillary Clinton, she came on and did uh, her Im- impression of Jeff Sessions. Um, oh, I don't know her name. I can't think of her name either. Yeah, I I, yeah, I know what it is. 
Yeah, I know. she did. She came on during when Melissa McCarthy was doing Sean Spicer, and I don't know why I can't think of her name. It'll come to me in the middle of their show, and I'll just blurt it out, and you'll you'll all be saying, "What what the hell is that? <laughs> Who is that?" <laughs> Hey, actually, but Joe, we, I, uh, I I thought that there was one. I noted one thing that he has done so far that had a somewhat pro-libertarian uh, bent to it, and that was the. Uh, and I can't say it was him, or maybe it was. It was there was there's a regulation Obama put in place that said that that they would not approve gun sales to people who were on the no mentally list. disabled list. Yeah, oh. yeah no, mentally oh, like okay. if there were if they. Were, if they and, and and then he he was he got rid of that regulation, which I think is important. It's too easy to find yourself on some kind of a a list of mentally. Uh, and then what constitutional limit is there on the Second Amendment? Really? If sorry about that. Um, if you know, if someone does have a mental problem, you know, what I'm saying you can't take away their. Second Amendment right to bear arms. And I think that, that he rolled some type of uh, of a regulation, of Obama regulation, back on that issue. What you think about that? Well, as, as I've been told by various people, anytime Trump does something good, don't look at it as Trump is on their side. Look at it as Trump is is a bull in the china shop. And he's running around knocking everything over, and he just happened to miss something. There you go. I mean, I, I mean, if he knocks over the Washington D.C. China shop, I don't have too much problem with it. I mean, I'm, I'm enjoying <laughs> a lot of this. Um, you know, I think that the, that we, the Muslim ban was way off base, and I hate what he's doing with immigration, but I love what he's doing with the media. Did y'all watch the? Um, the news conference last week. Well, I saw that, but the the thing the, the thing that I have about um, the media, the whole thing with him and the fake news thing, is he comes out and talks about you know CNN is fake news, MSNBC is fake news, CBS is fake news, so and so is fake news, and then he gives a and, and then he gives a rally in which he talks about a a terrorist attack and what is what was it. Sweden, somewhere. Oh and, yeah, and he's, it, and he, it wasn't, he's, just, he's just as fake as the rest of them. You're right. <laughs> and he didn't even. And it, and it was so. It was just terrible that he he's going around talking about fake news, and then and then that happens, and you. Well, I mean, and yeah, it's yeah, like really after Bowling Green, the Bowling Green massacre, and uh, a few other fake news he thinks they've put out recently. It's just uh, that's a good point, Joe. Well, you know, the the thing, this is what happens when, when Trump gets caught on a lie about something that he said, his standard response is, oh, well, that's what somebody told me, or, well, I read that somewhere. Well, I mean, <laughs> you think the media is fake, then why are you repeating what they say? <laughs> right, he got his news about Sweden off of some CNN report. Oh. I was Fox, I'm sorry, it was Fox. <laughs> Well, I have to give I have to give um, um, Chris Wallace credit because he he said you know he had Rance Priebus on his on Fox News Sunday and he said look Donald Trump said that the media is not my enemy it's the enemy of the American people 
And he said, I think that's going too far because he said, Barack Obama had a beef with Fox News, but he never went that far. And he said, I think Donald Trump has gone too far. And see, the problem is when you cross Donald Trump, when you go against Donald Trump in any way, I mean, you could say that he's just having a bad hair day. And you're going to get, if you're anybody of any note, of any, you're going to get pummeled on Twitter because he can't handle criticism. He cannot handle it. If you're not if you're not fanning him and peeling grapes for him and telling him what a wonderful man he is, then he can't handle it. And it's hard to believe that we've gotten this far, that we've gotten a president like this. I it, I never I never would have seen this coming. If you had asked me five would years you, ago, would you, would you go back and would you go back and switch him out for Hillary? No, I don't want Hillary. I don't. I mean, I mean, as bad as he is, she's she's still, you know, he's still much better than her. So, well, I mean, but that's that's a that's a matter of of opinion, and in some ways, I would say yes, Hillary's worse than than Trump. In other ways, I would say no. I mean, there were days during the election when I was when I would sit there and say, my God, Hillary is awful. There's no way that Donald Trump could be worse than her. And then there were other days when I'd be sitting there saying, oh, my God, Donald Trump is horrible. And Hillary Clinton would never do something like that. And then at the end of both of those days, types of days, I would be saying, thank God I'm not voting for either one of them. Amen. (laughs) You know, we we had an option, and we took it. And it's just a shame that the rest of America didn't do the same thing, but you know, maybe this time we, we've won our, we've we've gotten a win out of our lawsuit, and so maybe we'll have a libertarian on the debate stage in 2020, and and we can um, make some headway. Um, I saw the other day that but, Trump said, so Sessions said he was going to leave marijuana alone, and Trump somewhere. I saw, I read, and I'm sorry I don't have a, a site to it, but uh, that he was in favor of total decriminalization of drug use. Y'all read that anywhere? I well, the latest I heard about Sessions was somebody had said to me Sessions said he wasn't going to mess with marijuana, but then I went looking, and I, the latest I heard about Sessions was he said if you don't want me to enforce marijuana laws then change them because if there's a law saying that marijuana is illegal, I'm going to enforce it. That's what my job is, you know? So, um, as far as Donald Trump goes during the campaign, he would always, and, and, and this was actually before he got the nomination, he would throw a few bones out here and there about, um, I don't know if he went as far as decriminalization, but it was it was never anything to the point that would excite libertarians. But then all the Trump people would – there were various articles that came out that said Trump is in favor of legalizing marijuana, and that was just to try and attract the Gary Johnson people. But basically the articles would just say he's in favor of legalizing marijuana. It would never – 
linked to anything specific that he said. And then when you would go back and, and, and look at videos of what he was saying about that, it was never anything more than just throwing a little hint out that maybe someday we can, we can do this. So, uh, you know, maybe he's changed in the, since he got elected. I mean, that would be great. I mean, that, that wouldn't excuse all the bad things he's already done, but it would still, it would still be, um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll give the man credit when he does something right. It doesn't mean I agree that I've suddenly changed and I agree with all the other things he's done. It's like Barack Obama when he opened up relations with Cuba. That was a good thing. But that still doesn't excuse all the bad things that Barack Obama did as president. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, well, gravy. I mean, bottom line is, is that uh, so far I, he hadn't even he hadn't got off the ground yet. I mean, honestly, I, don't, I haven't seen him get make any real headway with anything. He's got a few appointments in there, but I haven't seen any of the appointments do anything. Uh, you know, there's a lot they've scared a lot of people. Uh, other than that, and yeah, I mean, I can't think of any real major thing other than the the Muslim ban, and that was a total flop. So, well, the, the ninth policy, the Ninth Circuit Court um, put the kibosh on that, and um, now he says he's coming out with another um, executive order, and we'll see how well that goes. Um, and you know, I mean, there, there's always going to be somebody that will oppose him on these things. But will it be enough to stop him? Who knows? I mean, hey, I got, we'll I, see, got a little, but, I want to switch the subject, Joe, a little bit. Uh, have, did y'all watch the interview of Bill Maher and Milo Yiannopoulos the other day, Friday night? No, I, I didn't watch it, but I saw it. T- tell us about it. Well, you know. Bill Maher started off trying to interrupt. First of all, the whole interview was trying to interrupt Milo, you know, as much as he could and say some ugly things to his face about him at the beginning. But Milo basically just took over the whole interview. And um, I thought he he sounded, I mean, I, I thought he did a pretty good job to tell you the truth as far as, you know, sticking to the libertarian points. I mean, I got that impression. I didn't like go back and analyze it, write it all down, but, do y'all think Milo is alt-right or a libertarian? Oh, I think he's definitely care. not a libertarian. Mm-hmm. I don't really even know what he's supposed to be. <laughs> I mean, he likes um, to be. I, he I called himself a libertarian. I know he does. I know. So, But, you know, that, that Richard Spencer guy um, showed up at the International Students for Liberty Con- Conference and got his behind handed to it. So, oh, good. you know, I, I mean, I mean, you know, so, um, it, you know, so I, Milo's definitely not a libertarian. Andy Craig had a great thing on his wall today about Milo. I wish I could find it. Uh, maybe, uh, I can find it, um, before the show is over, but we're going to, we're, Andy isn't here yet, but I'm sure he'll be here momentarily. We're going to get to our guests now. Um, Nicholas Wieser of Liberty Link Media Group. And I want to play a clip of his. Um, Every day he comes out with these great 
videos, and they're so well done, and they really get the point of liberty across. I try to share every one that I see. I mean, generally, I just go ahead and share it before I even watch it because I know it's going to be good and I don't have to worry about it. You know, some clips from people, you have to watch them before you share them because you just never know. But this guy hits the nail on the head every time. And so I'm going to play a clip from him that was done right around the time that Trump issued his executive order on um, the travel ban, and and then we'll bring our guest on. So here we go. Welcome to Liberty Link Media Group. I'm Jay Nicholas Wieser, and this is your Daily Headline. This weekend, the new president issued an executive order imposing a 90-day ban on travel from seven countries. Families were detained in airports. Lawyers worked pro bono around the clock to release them. A federal judge ruled that visa holders can't be deported. And there were protests at almost every major airport in the country. It's more exciting than reality TV. Go figure. Libertarians believe in freedom of association. That includes economic liberty, free trade, and free travel. The only defensible reason to stop people from entering the country is if they're a threat to health or security. If a plague breaks out in New Zealand, the government is right to temporarily halt travel from New Zealand. If a potential immigrant is wanted for or convicted of a violent crime, we can ethically turn them away. But using the fear of terrorism to ban entire countries, including legal visa holders? That's government overstepping its power. The Trump administration used the 9-11 attacks and San Bernardino shootings as justification for the order. But none of the 9-11 hijackers came from the banned country. And the San Bernardino shooters were full-fledged American citizens. So who exactly are we stopping? Some have pointed out that there's no ban on the UAE, Egypt, Saudi Arabia, and Lebanon because Trump has business ties there. Maybe Trump and cronyism do seem to go hand in hand, but here's the interesting part. The seven banned countries were not the Trump administration's idea. In 2015, the Obama administration flagged the seven countries named in this order. This is why libertarians are wary of executive power. We don't just grant the current president those powers. We grant them to every president that follows. Obama flagging countries as potentially dangerous has turned into Trump forcing them out at gunpoint. We stand on the shoulders of tyrants. And now mosques are being burned. Middle Eastern countries are threatening retaliation. There's more hostility, more violence, and more suffering in the world. So even if the concern for safety was genuine, where has it gotten us? The government has always been terrible at peace because by definition, government action is coercive and we need to rein them in if we ever hope to be truly prosperous. I'm Jay Nicholas Wieser with Liberty Link Media Group and this was your daily headline. All right. So our listeners got a little dose of uh, what uh, Nicholas Wieser puts out every day. And if you're on Facebook and you're in any um, of the libertarian groups, you've probably seen his posts, you've probably clicked on his videos, and you're probably a fan. So without further ado, I'd like to bring him on so that he can talk to us about just what he does and why he's doing it. Uh, 
Good evening, Nicholas. How are you? Doing well, Joe. How are you? I'm great. Hey. Um, and I guess, uh, hey, thank, well, thanks for having me on the show. I, I, I don't know uh, the other gentleman's names. Um, we Jeff. have Jeffrey Sanford and Jeff Clev. Welcome. All right, so, Jeff and Jeff. How you doing, good, Jeff? Yes. And good Jeff. evening, sir. <laughs> good evening. Thanks for having me on. You're quite welcome. So why don't you start by telling us um, how you this whole thing for you got started and why? Sure, absolutely. First of all, I wanted to uh, give you the name, Kate McKinnon. Oh, that's right, Kate McKinnon. <laughs> <laughs> I was li- I was listening behind the scenes. I figured I'd give you that name. That's that's the woman who plays uh, Hillary Clinton and others on SNL. So, so yeah, the uh, just to give you a little bit of, of background, um, I was a passive observer of liberty for many years. I got involved with libertarianism uh, back following my senior year of high school. Harry Brown really brought me in and became a an immediate I immediately identified with the ideals of the party but got busy with life and business and uh just didn't didn't have the voice didn't have the time to put into every single day uh libertarianism and focusing on it i didn't i didn't spend much time on social media i was i was busy with my businesses and during the Johnson campaign this year I noticed something and it it drove me crazy my wife and I were were watching uh some of the debates on the internet one night and they were everything that was being said was so good but unfortunately the way that it was playing to to us as observers at home was was not good it it didn't it didn't come across with the level of professionalism that I would expect from a party that had as much support as they did at that time Gary Johnson was polling around 10% and I couldn't believe that the that there wasn't a enough production value behind the footage that I was seeing and she looked at me and she said they need you and you know at the time I didn't think much of it but I've had a a rough couple of years I I was a victim of some crony capitalism that uh, Hmm. destroyed my financial life and uh, took a real it took it, it took a dent out of my soul in a lot of ways and that combined with what I saw as a, a major need for better, better video production, higher marketing value, better media in general, was the driving factor to starting Liberty Link Media. So we, we, we basically, our, our whole idea behind it was, okay, we're going to be a voice of activism. We're going to spend every single day putting out quality content with a libertarian 
message, but we're going to keep it short. We're going to keep it to the point. We're going to touch on the, the areas that we believe are palatable to everybody, not just libertarians, because I think, unfortunately, a lot of libertarians, they love to hear diatribes. They love to hear people go on and on and on for hours at a time about Rothbard or Rand or but you know just just philosophy they want to talk and they want to talk but the average person they don't love politics they don't love philosophy the way that we do so it was important from my perspective to be able to put out a short palatable message that everybody could understand and hopefully get behind and then the second the second part of our our mission was to also be a the production company that every candidate, every organization, every company within the liberty movement thought of when it came to putting out video content, media, PR, image consultancy, because that's where we that's where we missed the ball. I think there's we have a huge opportunity. I was listening to a lot of your discussion about Trump and you know what he's done well, what he what he hasn't done well. You know, the, there's unfortunately there is a a very large portion of the liberty movement who have traded in one set of ideals or one epistemology for another. They and you were talking a little bit about the the CNN stuff, um, the fake news stuff, and it drives me crazy. I watch this and I and I see him. Everybody who has been so frustrated, as I have been, and I'm sure you guys have been, with the way that the media has has lied to us for so many years and has skewed the message for so many years, but then to turn around and trade that in for Trump's version of the truth is scary. It's scary. It 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 it, it rattles me because now. I'm seeing all of these people within the liberty movement say, oh, yeah, all right, he's calling out the news, fake news, fake news, yeah. Let's just believe everything he says. He's our God now. And that's that's scary. <laughs> it sure Indeed is. Indeed it is. So that, I have that, to give you credit for that's... calling out yeah, – I have to give you credit for calling out, uh, like when you were talking about Trump's travel ban – how it was started by Obama in 2015. I like it how you as a libertarian um, are skeptical of increased executive power, whether it's your guy or somebody else's guy in the White House, as every libertarian should be. Um, I just find it so funny that all the people who were worried about Barack Obama with executive power are now all happy when Trump does it, and vice versa. The people who are worried about Trump having all this executive power were pleased as punch when Obama was abusing it. And you're calling both of them out, and I have to commend you for that. Well, thank you. That's that's one of the things that we uh, – last week we, we put out a video, though, and it's it's funny you say that. We put out a, we, a video last week that we got a little bit of flack over, and it was uh, called Obama Did It Too. And it was this – and it was essentially calling out libertarians for complaining about the fact that Obama did it too. There is, without a doubt, Obama was terrible for peace, prosperity, in general, liberty. He was not, he, he was not an ideal president, and 
he what was different about Obama from Trump, as far as I'm concerned, at least from my position, is that he had he had a smoother style about him. He had a way of of getting a lot of people to that he just lulled them into a false sense of security. And that's it's important that people understand that it was the same way under the Obama administration. Nothing has changed. But that's not going to move the message of liberty forward. As far as I'm concerned, there is there are a huge amount of people now who are finally paying attention to politics that for so long they took they they just they were going about their lives, not paying attention. Those are the people that we now have an opportunity to speak to. And if we start every conversation with Obama did it too, then they're going to sh- they're going to shut their ears. They're going to put their fingers in their ears and they're going to say, "I don't want to hear it." Even if it's true. Even if it's true, which it is, we have to be careful to to be able I think that the the best strategy that we can take moving forward and that's that's hopefully if there's any message that I can share tonight is the best strategy that we can take forward is that Trump Trump's presidency should be an opportunity for us and it should be an opportunity to show people that when your guy is not in power that power switches hands and that's what's scary. These these there's too much corruption at the state level to allow this to it, it can't be okay. It can't be okay. You can't be okay with your party being in power when that can easily switch hands because it does. It history has shown it always does. It's kind of like feeding the crocodile hoping that he'll eat you last. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. You know, those of us who do civil rights type legal work, you know, I'm an attorney, I've done a bunch of civil rights cases. I mean, you know, we really recognize the need to fight, you know, for the actual right in regardless of um, you know, what the who the perpetrator is, I mean, who the, who the civil rights violator may be. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's, you're always, you got to be consistent and hammered down and focused on fighting for the right over and over and over again, which is, is one reason I think that, you know, these, these sold-out media people do actually have an argument against Trump and his, and his attacks on the media. You don't want to see him attack the media, but our, our First Amendment right to free press is so important you know, you hate to see him sold out, you know, in support of a Hillary, you know, in the primaries either. So it's just, a, it's a tough situation when he gets this, this corrupt up there in D.C. I mean, you know, you see Trump on some level seems to be taking it on, but he's using the same tactics. His tactics violate the rights too. So it's, it's really hard to, hard to see much good coming out of Trump's administration right now for liberty. Yeah, it's unfortunate. I, I was really hoping that. You know, there were, there were so many people that were speculating about what was really in Trump's heart and mind, and you know that that he was, you know, maybe he was a secret libertarian, or he he really just wanted to remove the power of government and and really drain the swamp. But 
until we see that, I don't know how I, I just don't know how we can to draw that conclusion. It's 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 uh, right now we're seeing him appoint people to his cabinet that represent the exact opposite of 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 liberty. I mean, the, the, I mean, we you talked about sessions a little bit in the beginning of the show, but there are there's countless examples of you know uh, Goldman Sachs people. The problem and my my hot button topic is obviously crony capitalism and i think it's it's great when you talk about small business and when you talk about um giving giving small business or or business in general an opportunity to thrive but what what he's doing with uh threatening tariffs on companies for importing goods and there he's essentially he's he he's just incorporating crony capitalism he's turning what he used to do what he which he which he has freely admitted which is pay off politicians to get his way he's now just doing that in order to create or he he's flipping it he's he's now allowing these these politicians or these companies rather he's working out deals they're not going it's not, that might that might help in the short term by maybe bringing some manufacturing jobs back to america again in the short term but is that really going to help small business thrive is that going to help americans when the prices of goods go up by you know 30% 40% it's the only answer the only answer is smaller government as far as i'm concerned much much smaller government and less meddling in other, in world affairs it's pretty clear that the the, the, the higher prices you know that that uh that will come from these tariffs are simply a tax like tax on the us Consumer, right? I mean, that we're going to pay them and steal it. There's no American alternative to most electronics out there. They're not, not any kind of reasonably priced alternative. So, I mean, anything in that domain, all the clothes are being made in Vietnam. Pretty much everything is coming from overseas. So, I mean, I don't know how you achieve the stated goal of making America great again and bringing back American business by taxing the US consumer war. Yeah, no, it 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 doesn't make much sense. Um what did you guys I, I you know, I I don't know your opinion but what did you guys think of Gary Johnson? What was your I mean obviously I think we all voted for him. I think that's that's pretty obvious but uh, well, um, I mean, his his, his idea was to greater. He his he liked the TPP. He thought the TPP provided open markets for more goods, and that's what, you know, what the free market was his, you know, his standard. I mean, so he's the opposite of Trump in that regard. And I'd say, um, and, you know, Hillary at the end, she waffled so much on the issue you couldn't tell her. I mean, by the time Trump sort of made his push, she she, she came around to against the TPP too. Good reason to be against the TPP, but 
But I think that, you know, opening up Asian markets to more American goods is a good thing. Sure. What what yeah. what do you think? Sorry, Joe. Go ahead. That's all right. I was just going to say you, you asked about Gary Johnson. Um, <laughs> was he the perfect candidate? No. Um, I had some disagreements with him here and there, but um, I had no hesitation in voting for him. And if he ran in 2020 and was the nominee, I'd vote for him all over again. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think there's any comparison between uh, Gary Johnson, Hillary, and Trump. I mean, it's a no-brainer. Sure. Um, you know. <laughs> so, 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 why do you think? And I, and I hate to to, to flip, flip it on you and be the one asking the questions, but why do you why do you think then it was that he didn't, you know, with with as high as he was polling, why do you think? Because I agree with you, but why do you think it is that he still only ended up with three and a half percent of the vote? I'll tell you why. And one of our hosts who's not here tonight, Andy Craig. He has brought this up several times on the show and elsewhere, and I agree with it. Um, you can take Aleppo. You can take any of the so-called gaffes or, or, or whatever that supposedly happened with Gary and Bill, um, and none of that really mattered. What ultimately, if you want to say this, sunk the campaign was the fact that they were not included in the debates. And I had someone tell me, this guy, I came back from the Libertarian Convention in Orlando, and this guy was telling me how Gary Johnson was so great and how he couldn't wait to vote for him and how if it's, if it's going to be Trump and Hillary, there's no contest. Gary Johnson's going to get my vote. And then the day after it was announced that Gary and Bill were not going to be in the presidential and vice presidential debates. He said to me on the phone, I just don't see how Gary can win if he's not going to be in the debates. And every time I talked to him from that point up until the election, he became more and more concerned that we have to stop Hillary. We can't vote for Gary because I just don't think he can win. Yeah, unfortunately, I agree with you. It's this idea of you're wasting your vote. I read that entire order um, passed down by the um, District Court of D.C. for uh, in favor, finally, of third parties against the CPD and the FEC, um, the Federal Elections Commission and the Commission on Presidential Debates, and the it, it's astonishing what they have been able to get away with all these years. A lot of people think that the reason that uh, Ross Perot was allowed in the debates uh, during the Clinton and Bush senior years was because he reached the 15% threshold. It actually had nothing to do with that. It had to do with the fact that Clinton and Bush both wanted him in. And that's <laughs> that 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 tells you a lot about how much they have made a concerted effort to keep third parties away from the American people. If 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 we don't get on the debate stage, it changes the entire picture. And you just made a great point as to why that happened. 
uh, if people don't think that we can win. And that's what we set out to do. That's why when we started Liberty Link Media Group, we wanted to make a, a, a concerted effort to put the party in a professional light, get get the because you, you can tell you you look at the way things are shot you look at the way so many of of the events are handled we handle we do these you you do a huge event for liberty if you don't have that covered by a professional production company that is able then to share it socially and it can become viral then how can the world know i mean and that is the beautiful thing thank god we live in a world now where Things spread like wildfire. It's it's there's got there's so much viral potential. But if if we're putting out media, if we're putting out content that is not appealing to the person sitting at home who's undecided or thinks they're throwing away their vote, then we're we're doomed. But that's why we made we made we made a vow that we were going to be responsible for getting a libertarian elected to major office by 2018 through the power of media and if it's not through debates it's the power of social media because once you're putting out good content then the mainstream media is taking you more seriously and with Trump being their enemy right now that's a huge opportunity they can now take they can now look at at our, you know, at, at the, they see our content. They see some other stuff coming out from Reason, some other places. Because there's a lot of good content providers. There's nobody who does exactly exactly what what we do, but there's a lot of good content providers that do that produce good video. And if the better that gets, and the more people come on the scene, the better off we're going to be. But unfortunately, I see so many people arguing with each other over minutia and just just. You know, small political disagreements. That you know, Trump won on what three three statements: "Make America Great Again," "Drain the Swamp," and "Build a Wall." Those are the three things that that won his election. And we're we're having two hour, three hour political discussions and arguments with each other over over differences of. Nuances, nuances, just small differences of opinions within our own ideology. We need to be a more cohesive, you know, this, we need to end the, we can be anti-collectivist without, without not knowing how to organize. I mean, we have to be able to organize better. We have to be able to, 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 to develop a strategy, to run it like a business. That's the way... That's the only way I know how to do things. So it's it's very it's counterintuitive. It doesn't make any sense to me to see so many people pulling each other in different directions and saying, "Oh, we can't win. This can't happen." Well, you know, just stay on the fringes. Yeah, I think you make a really well, good point. I mean, make a good point about the, uh, the the slogans because you know, as a political science major, I watch every election, and it seems like. That's very important. You got to have a slogan, and you got to have the ability to get it in front of people. And I think that's that's where we we fall down in the Libertarian Party. We don't have the financial resources, media connections, media savvy, if you will, whatever it may be, to, to get it in front of enough people. 
you know, I think that the uh, the idea of viral video is crucial. I mean, any type of it's like we're a insurgency almost, really, in the political world still. And um, and so, uh, I mean, I really love what you're what you're saying about your your vow because that's the kind of effort it takes. I mean, not everybody can afford to, as a time, the skill to be able to put out these kind of viral videos. So, more power to you for that. That's a great great contribution. Well, thank you. Yeah, and and you know, obviously, it's going to take it's going to take being able to when candidates announce their run for do that. I mean, we've got some candidates that we're going to be doing some work for, and some organizations that we're going to be doing some work for. But you know, the the candidates need to to their teams need to get better at fundraising. And when they get better at fundraising, then they're going to have more money to put into marketing and media and um, strategy going forward. If we put even 20% of the effort that we put into ballot access and petitions, if we put that into our brand and our messaging, we would be so much better off. But unfortunately, we, we and, and I can see why. We fight an uphill battle. We, so we're, we're, we've been, for so long, we have been ostracized and we've been sort of pushed off and said oh these <laughs> you know these guys aren't they don't know what they're talking about they're naive they're crazy they're they're fringe they don't they're 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 they think that that we can live without government and they're all nuts forget them and they and people push us off to the side and then people like Richard Spencer come along and attach you know, I, I forget which one. It was one of the Jeffs mentioned uh, Milo on um, uh, uh, Bill Maher. And regardless of what you think of Milo, I, I personally don't think he's a libertarian. But in front of millions of people, he said he was a libertarian. So now every per, every person who was watching that show thinks that Milo – is and I don't I don't usually even like to say his name, but because I, I don't want to give him more credit. Uh, the same with Spencer. I don't want to continue to build their 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 names and their credit. So I try to just stay away from it altogether. But millions of people now associate libertarianism with Milo, and that there there has to be a, there has to be a a, a line drawn. Where we say no, that's not that's not our brand. That's not who we are. I I agree. That was me. I agree. The thing is, I enjoyed <laughs> Milo's performance though, because Milo was sort of taking on the that liberal establishment on one hand and the Republican. Yeah, you know, I, I I felt in that in that interview, I felt like sort of aligned with him in some type of a way. I don't know exactly why. But I mean, he really did. He, he pissed off everybody on there, and I was like, "Go, Milo, go!" But um, I did just read that he'd lost the uh, keynote speaker uh, um, at slot for CPAC. Yeah. Yep. But to, to get him out of there, they had to accuse him of being soft on pedophilia, which I thought was hilarious. I mean, the guy was a victim of pedophilia. You know, I mean, whatever. Yeah. There's sort of interesting characters out there. Yeah. Well, one of the one of the reasons, Nicholas, we started this show in 2014 is because um, I've been involved with several 
libertarian campaigns prior to that and getting their candidates on shows, radio shows, TV shows, podcasts was almost impossible. And so I just said, look, I'm going to start a show, let libertarian candidates come on, talk about their campaign, talk about what they want to do, and then they can turn around and they can share this show on their pages in groups. And I don't know if it will help them, but it's it's more than what they have right now. And one of the first candidates we had on the show, in fact, it was the very first candidate, that was the first interview he had gotten on a radio show of any kind. And he turned around and shared the show with people, and several people commented on it and said, you know, I wasn't going to vote for you, but I listened to your interview on that show, and I liked what I heard, and so I think I'm going to vote for you now. And I was thinking, gee, their very first show, and that's the response we got, so I know we're doing something right. Absolutely, <laughs> and and you're right. That's the kind of thing that if more people would take the initiative and do and and you know radio radio is 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 fantastic podcasts there's so many people that listen to podcasts and that's why I think what what you guys are doing is great and it's the same thing with video if you if you're if an image i mean there are so many people that it's you know it doesn't mean that you need to be you need to look a certain way or you need to you know i dress and i i wear a suit every day that doesn't i'm not saying that everybody needs to dress like me or talk like me or anything like that what i'm saying is that if you want your voters to be interested in what you have to say you have to present it in a way that they can understand and you have to not and and you can't talk down to them you have to feel you have to you know, if they're scared of certain issues, I, I think there's there's certain libertarian positions that people may fear. You know, the the legalization of, of drugs. They're they don't instead of talking about legalizing all drugs because it because it's 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 pointless and and they shouldn't be there. And you, you, we can talk about how much. How many problems the war on drugs has caused? How much how much suffering that's caused for communities? How many the, the the people's lives who have been damaged by the war on drugs? The the there's eighteen year old kids who get arrested for possession of a plant and they have trouble getting a job for the rest of their lives and they get stuck in in the system and there and there's countless examples. That's why we try to share on our page not just videos that we, we, we produce and segments that we produce, but we also show stories of government overreach because it's not it's not just me it's happened to. It's happening to different it's happening to people every single day that they are being uh, either forced out of their homes, they are having their their possessions literal, literally stolen from them because they've been suspected of a crime. Not not because they've been convicted of a crime, but because they've been suspected of one. And until it happens to you, yeah, I just don't know if it. I, I just don't know if people are, are passionate enough, passionate about enough about it. They they get complacent, and that's why I feel Trump may be a good thing because people are finally finally standing up and paying, you know they're sitting up and paying a little bit of attention. You mentioned about the drug laws and uh, 
uh, the sanctuary cities, how I believe it was the attorney general, if I'm not mistaken, correct me if I'm wrong, but the attorney general had mentioned something about withholding tax money from sanctuary cities because they're not, they're in states that are not enforcing federal drug laws. Well, nobody in the media is asking, first of all, why is there federal tax money going to sanctuary cities in the first place, whether they're sanctuary cities or not? That's not constitutional for the federal government to do that. And why is there a federal law against marijuana in the first place? They don't have any constitutional authority to have a federal law. Those are supposed to be up to the states under the Tenth Amendment. But nobody's asking that. And it's like to, to get the right answers to things, people start, have to start asking the right damn questions. And nobody seems to want to do that. And the answer is always more, well, we're going to use the big government as a cudgel to blast somebody upside the head if they don't do what we want. Well, that sounds all great if you're a Trump supporter, but then what happens in 2020 when, God forbid, you get a President Hillary Clinton, and she's in charge of that? The same people are going to be jumping up and down screaming for impeachment and rinse and repeat. I just It drives me nuts. They don't even ask the right questions. Yep, you're absolutely right. There, it's it's uh, it's scary. The I think that with all of the whether it's you know the 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 drug laws or um, you know you made you made a good point about the situation with sanctuary cities. You know, I think libertarians are sometimes afraid to talk about that because they they see the travel ban as um, unconstitutional, and they see the, the travel ban as, as immoral, and they don't want to address the fact that there shouldn't be federal funds going to sanctuary cities. Whether listen, whether you you believe that there are that these that that there are immigrants who should be here, who shouldn't be here, if the the process should be easier to become a legal U.S. citizen, no matter what you believe, what. I, I it blows my mind that we're okay with <clears throat> our tax money going to initiatives and we have no idea where what those initiatives are and then we find out what they are and we're ah oh, well it's just more of the same just more complacency but the way to the way to battle that is the way that we're doing it not only are we doing it at at Liberty Link but the way that I mean I got I <laughs> I got such a rush reading that order when we when we actually won against the Federal Elections Commission because for me that it was it was almost like I felt vindicated. I, I felt because it it was what I know in my my own my own situation I've seen countless pieces of evidence that showed how much how 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 absolute how much absolute corruption was involved in in their persecution of me and it's just, and it was just ignored because they're the trusted body if it's the government they're the trusted source they're the trusted body so they can say whatever they want and it doesn't matter and that's what's so scary is there's just you, we, there's a when where when do we say enough is enough Nick, what what did what is your story? Can you give us a quick rundown on how you were a victim of crony capitalism? Sure, yeah. I I uh 
I I don't want to get too much into it just because I have a counterclaim against them. I, I I'll tell you much more off the air, but um, I I my I was a silent investor, silent investor in a business, and I've been in production my whole life. But I had uh, put some money into an IT company, and I had no idea what to do. I wasn't an IT guy, so we hired a. $500 million publicly traded company to send us customers. Just send us customers and we would service them and we would do the work. Well, all of a sudden I'm slapped with a $10 million lawsuit by the Attorney General of Florida saying that I had practiced deceptive and unfair trade practices. Well, the, their their entire claim was based around the company that was sending us the customers. So it had absolutely nothing to do with us. They said that they used deceptive practices to get the customers that they sent to us, but they didn't go after that company. And then later, as I'm embroiled in the court case and they're ruining me financially, the, that company is giving a talk to the Federal <coughs> Trade Commission about ethics and online advertising. It was during at the same time. It, it was crazy. So there, there's this double standard. And, what, oh, of course, you know, my lawyer who's worked for free for the last year because he because he finally said enough is enough. I, I can't even I, – I refuse. This is so disgusting. This is such a miscarriage of justice. I refuse to even, to even take money for this anymore. He – when he asked them why they good, didn't go after the – Good lawyer. Yeah. Exactly. Who is he? He's one in a million. He's one in a million. Carl Williams, uh, Florida. He's in Florida, and and of of course, you know, again, it's it's the, you know, we we all know we all know the the Florida AG. We all know the story with you know with with Donald Trump and and uh, you know the pay to look away scandal and that that unfortunately is. that's who I was dealing with, and I knew, all, you know, I knew all along that that she was corrupt, but I just didn't know how far it went. So, but he he he, when he asked them why didn't he go after the person who they who was actually responsible, and by the way, they never actually said that they that they never proved that they had done anything wrong in the first place. But why they didn't go after them? Well, we don't have the resources to go after everybody. Was the response? So it it it's. It's just, it's disgusting. I mean, I, if I, I could get into a lot more with you. The, 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 my, my entire life was flipped upside down because of this. And they, the, the company is long since gone, out of business. The, the consumers who they supposedly were helping had never complained to anybody. There were no complaints with the Better Business Bureau. I had 350 emails from customers who raised about our service. All of that was irrelevant. It didn't matter. didn't matter. And they've put me out of business. They've ruined me financially. I don't even live in the state anymore, which has nothing to do with them. And by, and by the way, after all of it, they still continue to try to destroy my life because they know that I have the ability to out them, to make their lives, to, to, to potentially destroy her career. 
So they're going to keep on pushing, keep on pressing, keep on putting their foot up against my jugular until I finally just am forced into bankruptcy because there's no – it's it's sick. It's sick. So did you ever identify which of her contributors was your competitor? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get into a, a – I, I probably have already said too much, but I, well, we can talk a little bit about it. At, you have. At another but, time. But, you know, it's interesting. You know, there's so many different facets to this crony capitalism. I mean, if they're the big companies, a lot of times they'll use, you know, a regulatory board's investigative, investigative powers and subpoena powers and, you know, quasi-judicial powers to, to squeeze somebody. But in this case, they went straight that, to the attorney no. general. No, no, that's exactly what they did. They used they used um it was a company that used the attorney general to squeeze out the competition. That's exactly what happened. And that's just an example of too much government, you know? Uh, a lot of people would say that if we could roll it back to just the attorney general having the power, that'd be one thing. You know, but it's the boards that, you know, every board has this power also. And there's so many of them that, I mean, I've been focused on the board, not even the attorney general. But uh, if you can, can show some kind of collusion between the attorney general and a contributor or something like this, you know, to, to conspire to put you out of business and violate the Constitution. Are you in federal court or state court? State. State. And that's the thing. We've shown so many things. I mean, there's so many things that, that, that transpired that, that shouldn't have happened. I mean, there's so many reasons the case should have been thrown out long ago, but they've been ignored on every level. And it's, this has gone on for two years, and I, I still, we're, you know, we still haven't had our day in court, and they've just continued to press me and, and burn me out financially. And it, it gets to the point where you, you just, there's no, you can't the way these laws are written it they are the organization or the enforcing body is written in as the trustworthy source so they are at the hearing level for asset freeze and injunctive relief they are allowed to do whatever they can present as much hearsay evidence as they want. They can do whatever they want. They can say whatever they want at that point so that they can because, – because it favors them. It's not until you finally get to the jury level that you can finally have somewhat of a fair trial. But they issued press releases before anything even happened. I mean, they they did so much wrong. They That's what our counterclaim is based on, which is – they they tried to have that dismissed and that was de- and that was denied because they made a bunch of extrajudicial ju- statements that they they shouldn't have um, and but they tried to get it you know thrown out based on sovereign immunity it's 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 a racket you know yep well why don't you um, tell us before we go um, how folks can get in touch with you um, uh, if they if if they want to see your videos, I know most people they're they're involved in the Facebook groups and they see them. That's how I discovered you. But just in case we have some folks listening in that aren't on Facebook, um, how would they get in touch with you? 
Sure, you can go to www.LibertyLinkMedia.com, and that's Liberty, L-I-N-K, Media.com. And uh, it's got all of uh, not only our daily headlines, which we do five days a week, but it also has uh, a video that we produce for the Libertarian Party, uh, the, the National Party, and that's what you know, we we are we are very very passionate about putting a professional face to the Libertarian Party. We want this to change. We want this this not only crony capitalism, but we want every we want this this whole idea of big intrusive government to to be outed and on top of it we want to to show the general public just how viable a libertarian candidate may be and and there are there are several there are so many um libertarian candidates who are extremely viable but they need to have good press, they need to have good media, they need to have good footage of themselves, they need to have a, a cohesive message, they need to be able to tell the people what they stand for, and they need to be able to talk to individual groups. And we have the ability to, to do it at a really affordable and uh, um, you know, discounted rate for the liberty movement, just because we, that's how much we want to see a libertarian get elected. Yeah, well, well I you agree. Do work I, and, uh, you, you do work other than just this type of receiving introduction on your life. You do other videos for other causes as well, don't you? I mean, your business involves other ab- things, abso- than just libertarian Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, we we will do it for organizations. We really wanted to, you know, we we uh, redesign. We do some we- website redesign. We do. Um, you know, lawyers who, uh, civil rights lawyers, um, uh, doctors who don't, you know, no longer take insurance because uh, the ACA um, just just killed um, their industry. There are so many companies, even preparedness companies, there are so many companies out there that should be using video to highlight their products and services and to talk to their audience and those are the people that we want to help the most because that's that we we found our company on the idea that there are so many people out there in the liberty movement, even companies that are out there in the liberty movement, and we want to give them a leg up. We have connections, we have the the, the social power, we have the branding, the recognition, and we want to be able to give those companies a leg up because we know the disadvantage that they're already they already have. That's great. Well, that's good. Well, thank you again, Nicholas, for coming on, and um, best of luck to you and what you're doing. And um, you mentioned that video for the Libertarian Party. That was one of the best things I've seen. Um, Very well done. So um, thank you for all the work you're doing, and I'm sure we'll have you on again soon. So thanks again for coming on. Thanks, gentlemen. Thanks for having me. You have a great night. Thank you. Love your videos. Thank you. Take care. <clears throat> All right, gentlemen. Um, Great Andy has Great Andy yeah. has informed yeah Andy has informed me that his, his uh, phone battery died, 
so he was unable to make it on the show, and um, he wished he'd been able to get on because um, he had a couple of questions he wanted to ask the guest, but um, <clears throat> he's not able to do that. I asked him to uh, to to type them to me, but um, I I guess he's not able to get back to his computer. I wish I wish Andy was here to ask answer questions about yeah. Milo character and let let us know. I mean, I just I've never really heard the guy talk before the the Mar thing, and um, I, he seems like a big deal to a lot of people. I mean, uh, it was interesting to see like uh, Mar said. Yeah, we both spoke in Berkeley, and Mars and, and Milo would say something like, "Yeah, but I caused a riot. Like we're not in competition, but I caused a riot." Yeah, he just was—he seemed—I don't know—he seems like he's an attractive face to libertarianism if he's libertarian, and I, I just wish I could get Andy's uh, word on that. So, well, Andy, well, um, I'll I'll tag you. I'll go to Andy's uh, Facebook page in just a minute. And tag you in in the post. He were, he had a very good post about um, Milo um, on there um, that you might find interesting. But anyway, gentlemen, it it has been a fun night. We had a great guest, and uh, I look forward to uh, doing it again next week. And I think I, I'm not going to announce the guest just yet because. Um, I haven't gotten 100% confirmation that he'll be on here, but I think it's going to be somebody we're going to like very much. So hopefully by tomorrow I'll be able to tell you who it is. But um, until next week, guys, you, you take care. And, uh, Jeff, I hope the coughing goes away soon. Um, yeah. But I anyway, all right, gentlemen. Big time radio right, you personality guys. with a cough, can't make a living. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, at least right, I've guys, got a face for have... radio. Yeah, really. <laughs> all right. You all have a good you night. You guys have a good night. Uh-huh. Bye. All right. Bye. Mm-hmm.